It's Tuesday, March 8, 2022. We have to ensure that they don't generate unmanageable risks to energy supplies in European countries and beyond. EU moves to cut dependence on Russian gas imports. The plant spokesman warned of a real threat of nuclear danger from the attack. Russian takeover of Ukraine nuclear plant underscores nuclear vulnerability in wartime. Plus... Cheers erupted at the United Nations Environment Assembly in Nairobi as 175 nations agreed to clean up the mess. United Nations to create legally binding treaty to end global plastic pollution. I'll believe it when I see it. All of those stories and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Actually, I see no inconsistency by the way, uh, in moving away uh, from dependency on, uh, on Russian hydrocarbons to moving away from dependency on, on hydrocarbons altogether. All well, neither do I, Boris Johnson. Nice to hear from a non-insane conservative. Sad how they went extinct in the U.S. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, as I understood it, everything was now okay, at least the danger passed at that nuclear power plant that was under fire in Ukraine. You got an update? Yes, we do. In the wake of the Russian military's harrowing attack on Ukraine's largest nuclear power plant late last week, the International Atomic Energy Agency says it is still negotiating with Russia to allow in experts to help manage the safety of all of Ukraine's nuclear power facilities. Although no radiation releases were detected in that initial attack, the director general of the IAEA on Monday said that Russia's military assault on the power plant destroyed a small neutron generator in a building on the grounds in violation of international protection rules. Again, no radiation was released, but it was a serious, serious fire. The incident has triggered global alarm about the vulnerabilities of nuclear plants to wartime attacks. Meanwhile, benchmark oil prices are surging as traders react to the growing prospect of Western sanctions on Russian oil and gas exports that indirectly fund Russia's invasion of Ukraine. React or capitalize on? A bipartisan group of lawmakers in Congress say they've agreed on legislation that would bar Russian oil imports to the U.S., even though it would further spike gasoline prices. But European Union governments, dependent on Russia for about a third of their energy needs... Probably not a good idea. On Tuesday, announced a plan to cut their reliance on Russian gas two-thirds by the end of this year. In a Monday press conference, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson cautioned that a full phase-out will take time, but it is the goal. You can't simply close down uh, use of, uh, of oil and gas uh, overnight. Clearly, there is going to be a transitional period. We're going to have to look for supply. We're going to have to look for substitute uh, supplies uh, from elsewhere, and we're going to have to do it uh, together. The UN International Energy Agency released a 10-point plan this week to cut Europe's dependence on Russian gas imports by about a third over the coming year. And they would do that by speeding up the replacement of gas-fired boilers with next-generation electric heat pumps, as Norway has done. The IEA projects that if the U.S. and other countries did the same, the more heat pumps that are installed year after year would increase the global supply of gas and displace Russian exports. Moving from boilers to heat pumps can cut 
gas usage by a third? Because they're all electric. We should all do that. Indeed. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki on Monday debunked attempts by Republicans, the American Petroleum Institute, and right-wing media to exploit the war in Ukraine for political purposes in demanding the release of more public lands for drilling and weaker regulations. Psaki said that federal policies are not preventing the oil and gas industry from increasing production right now on their existing stockpile of approved permits but that transitioning away from fossil fuels is the smart strategy. Right now there are 9,000 unused approved permits to drill onshore. So I think you're misidentifying what the actual issue is. But if we're looking to the future and what we can do to prevent this from being a challenge in future crises, the best thing we can do is reduce our dependence on fossil fuels and foreign oil so that we're not worried about the whims of a foreign dictator. Finally, some good news. The United Nations Environment Assembly late last week adopted an historic resolution aimed at ending the scourge of plastic pollution. They agreed to a framework to develop the world's first ever legally binding treaty to address the global plastic pollution problem due by the end of 2024. The new treaty would restrict the explosive growth of plastic pollution and its impacts over the entire plastics life cycle, from design to production to disposal. But there is a divide between major plastics producers like the fossil fuel industry who want governments to focus on waste management and recycling. Of course. While the European Union and developing nations are aiming to reduce plastic production itself. Good. Let's go with that one. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. Clean up. Clean up, girls and boys, let's clean up, clean up, clean up, let's help put tough things away.